Everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads, episode 37 of Land Grant Holy Land's College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans, and I am, as always, joined by my co-host Justin Golba for what should be a very interesting episode. Uh, no guest this week, unfortunately. You're stuck with us. But we've got some news on Ohio State's roster, um, some draft news, kind of news, not really news. Um, and we're going to draft an all-time Ohio State team since the year 2000 because we are lazy millennials who were not around in the 1980s and 90s to include some of the older players so it'll just be from 2000 on yeah i guarantee we'll still get somebody yelling at us for not including jerry lucas but um from 2000 on i'll say it 45 times for the end of this episode so uh like connor said we're starting to get some clarity on the season's roster with the addition of obviously tanner holden from wright state which was like at this point a month ago and then uh sean mcneil just added from west virginia he's a guard uh, more of a shooting guard than a point guard, but a guard. And obviously the return of Seth Towns, which I, I don't know about you, as the quieter it got around Seth Towns, the more I thought he was coming back. And I pretty much had convinced myself he was fully coming back. And then uh, they announced it officially. So it wasn't a surprise to me. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure what it meant, but I did know that um, he needed to, he needed to make a decision not to be like shitty, but <laughs> when, uh, when the when the coaches and the team are trying to fill out a roster, you need to know what you need, and the players who are potentially going to come play for Ohio State also need to know what their competition is or like what their minutes are going to look like. And you know, he needed to he needed to say something so that they would know how many scholarships they have left, and like players that are looking at Ohio State could know, you know, all right, do I want to go there if they've got X number of players in that position? So he finally finally made his announcement. And yeah, he'll be the first seventh year uh, player in Ohio State history, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't want. I'm not going to talk about Towns too much, just because it, it's pretty simple with him. Like, if he's hurt, then he's probably not going to play that much. If he's healthy, he's a really good scorer who can help this team in a multitude of ways. It, but we don't know. It, it's just impossible to speculate on his health. I'm assuming he knows it better than we do. And his interview with who did he, he did an interview with somebody. I, I apologize, I'm blanking on who it was, but he basically said like, "I feel as healthy as I felt in three years, and I'm ready to go. Like I, I want, I'm like you haven't seen what I can do." And that's saying a lot because he was the Ivy League Player of the Year, and when he was a transfer, it was down to him, him, Ohio State and Duke. So there was a lot of interest there, obviously. But I mean, it just depends on his health. That's all it is. I don't think he'll be starting at all. I don't think he'll play 30 minutes a game. But if he can just come off the bench, give you 20 minutes a game, that's 10 to 12 points for him. So I'm cool with it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited that he's coming back, honestly. Um, we, As people know, we're, we're real big on the plot here. If you listen to us do our bracket, um, sometimes a good story and a good plot kind of like <laughs> is more important to me than maybe logic. Um, and there's really not a better story. Um, at least locally than Seth Towns in Ohio state. I mean, like the kid grew up in Columbus, like went to a Columbus, a public school in Columbus, wanted to play for Ohio state. I don't think he was offered by Ohio state ends up going to Harvard, which that's not a terrible consolation prize. Yeah, um, just Harvard. Goes, goes to Harvard, gets his degree. There is, is phenomenal at Harvard. Um, you know, we all know like he had a terrible knee injury. It was actually, I think, in the Ivy League championship game as a sophomore when he won the Ivy League player of the year. And he's out for like two years. 
um, and then gets to come back and play for Ohio State, which is like the school that he rooted for. He said like he's had Ohio State posters on his wall as a kid. Like he met David Lighty when he was younger and like he said that was like the coolest thing that had ever happened to him was meeting David Lighty which people outside of Ohio probably don't even know who remember who David Lighty is. He set the record for most games played in college basketball history in like a career, which I think still stands. Um, but he met Dave Lighty and was like, that was the coolest thing that's ever happened. And like this dude lives and breathes Ohio state. So it kind of like the Kyle young thing. I really want Seth Talents to have an opportunity to write the end of his story, the way he wants it to go and not, and it being injured and like you said if he's healthy which we don't know the people that are like like people are saying right we don't we don't know people are saying you know he should just move on and let the younger kids play um it's time for him to walk away you know he's not going to be healthy we don't know if he's going to be healthy maybe he won't play at all maybe he will play when he's healthy he's uh he's kind of got like that old man playing at the rec game like he uses the glass and everything but like he's a very very good offensive player oh 100 he's a three level scorer yeah he's three level scorer but more than anything, it's just like you want of all the shit that he's been through. I really want to see Seth Towns be able to like close the book the way he wants to do it. You know, not walk away like a, a broken man, an injured man. Like I really hope that he has some success here and ends his career um, on a on a good note. Well, I think people forget too. Uh, the first year he was here and healthy. Well, health. I say healthy very lightly. He was playing on a half a back and half a leg. But he was only playing like 10 minutes a game, but he was playing the final 10 minutes of games. Like Chris Oldman already had that kind of trust in him, and he wasn't making mistakes. He averaged like five points a game, which isn't insane, or three or four, but he's only playing getting eight to 10 minutes a game. He was he was still being effective even in little minutes, and he was playing in the stretch. Towards the end of the year, he was playing the stretch home stretch of games like at the end. So, you know, he still has that. He He's a fantastic basketball player who just has been – killed by injuries and like like you kind of said and I said he knows his body better than anybody if his if he truly felt like it was done it was then he'd call it quits he's a Harvard grad I don't think the job market's going to be too tough on him so I think that's another good point like these dudes are not going to come back to play another year of college basketball for free and by free we mean like they're not getting cut a check from Ohio State so they're not coming back to play basketball for free if they don't think they're healthy enough to even play obviously he thinks he's going to play yeah, and he and he's like I said, his interview was very. He was very confident. He was very like, "Look, my story's not written. You haven't seen anything from me yet. Watch." That, that was basically what I said. I was like, "Sit back and watch. I'm gonna put on a show for you." And that's what I'm excited. To, the, look, hopefully he stays healthy. We'll never know. Like we won't know until the first game of the season when he trots out there. Like that's just what it's gonna be. Ohio State in general is pretty quiet about injuries, which they have the right to be. There's, there's no reason for them to tell us anything. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see. And I think he matches. I think he matches up well on the court with guys like Justice Suing and Tanner Holden. Again, also versatile, kind of Swiss Army knife guys. And then you got your big boy down low with Zed Key, and uh, hopefully Bruce Thornton plays forty minutes a game. I guess we'll see. I think Jardy had a Adam Jardy. I don't think we didn't even say his name. Jardy had a good point about Towns too. He said like by the time you get by the time you get to February or March. Teams, your rotation has tightened up probably to like nine or 10 players. Um, and there's no guarantee that Seth Towns is even going to be like the ninth or 10th player. He may be coming off like the back of the rotation playing like 10, 11 minutes a game max. We'll see what happens. So it's like if he gets hurt, 
and doesn't play and you have less than 13 like available players i mean by the crunch time your rotation is probably tightened up to nine or ten guys anyway you know so it it's like to me it's still like a win-win i mean i want to see the dude end the right way but also if you get nothing out of him by the time you get to the tur- like the tournament at the end of the year his minutes may have been reduced anyways i don't think that you know they're not going to rely on him in such a high capacity that his health is going to be like a make or break for this team. No, and I've also I've seen some people say, "Oh, well, this sp- scholarship spot could have been used on someone else." I don't think they would have used it on someone else anyway. I think they would have left it for the 2023 class because they need to leave some scholarship spots for them because they already have two signed and they're very in on like three or four other guys who are all top 100 recruits. Two of them are top 40. So they want to, I mean, the 2023 class is shaping up to be really, really good, possibly. So I think they, I don't think they would have filled Seth Town scholarship spot anyway. I think they would have left it for the 2023 class. So to answer that, that point, that's just a guess, but I, they do need to leave some spots for next year. Cause right now they only have three and they filled two of them. Three at most. Yeah. Depends who they filled this last spot with. If it's, if it's like a David Jones who, or I said that, is it David from DePaul? What am I tripping? It's David. Yeah, yeah, I think his name is David okay, Jones yeah. from DePaul. <laughs> I watched almost like I watched like ten DePaul games and I'm blanking on his name. Um, you know, he's he's not a senior, so that would be someone that you know. Right now, the only seniors they have, the only one year eligibility left guys they have is Suing Townsend and McNeil, who only have one year. So they don't they're not right. losing a lot off this team. Obviously, Holden has two years. I don't know if he would jump or something, but he has two years left. So. Yeah, it'll be, um, you kind of mentioned it, the lineup. We've been talking a lot about that, actually, within like the land grant like staff talking about the lineup and how the pieces fit. It's kind of been interesting that usually, I feel like with land grant Hoyland is very, very football heavy and basketball kind of jumps in front during the season. But we've really had a lot of basketball coverage even after the season's ended. We've been talking a lot about how the lineup and pieces fit together. Um, there's a couple different ways of thinking about it. Some people really embrace, embrace the like positionless basketball theory, which I think you and some of the others kind of, yeah, I think we're on two different kind of islands to that, here. Yeah. Where it's like, like so-and-so, so-and-so may play X position typically, but they probably could also play this position. Whereas I feel like I have kind of a fixed mindset with lineups where it's like, I don't know how I don't know if I like the idea of Justice Suing being your power forward and Tanner Holden being your three, but it totally could happen. I just like it just fucks with me a little bit because I don't know if I like Justice Suing being your your four, but that might be what happens because they're like they're getting they're adding players who all seem to be clones of each other, which is like guys that could play like the one, the two, the three, but probably not the four, the five. Yeah, I'm looking at this team and I'm kind of seeing, and I know people are going to disagree with me when I say this, and I'm going to clarify it. I'm seeing a little bit of Wisconsin last year. And the reason I say that is because they're going to rely heavily on a freshman point guard, right? I mean, Chucky Hepburn played 30 minutes a game for Wisconsin, did a great job. There's no Brad Davison. That's where it kind of gets tricky. And I don't see anybody making the Johnny Davis jump. That's kind of the big thing here. But Justice Suing and Tanner Holden are Johnny Davis-esque players. I don't, again, I don't see them being first-team All-Americans. But they can make a jump to first-team All-Big Ten. I don't, I, that's not insane. The Big Ten is losing so much talent. I, don't, I think anybody could be first-team All-Big Ten next year. 
Um, so I, it'd be interesting to see this team just kind of – and look, Bruce Thornton, if he can come in and just play 25 to 30 minutes a game, which I, it seems like they kind of expect him to, just as Suing runs the point at all other times. Suing did a decent job two years ago when he had to do it, but that was like thrust into it. Now you have six months basically to prepare him for it. Um, I think he can do a fine job at it. Holden played the three for Wright State most of the season. Uh, they had two other guards. They ran a three-guard lineup. They, he never played the point for the most part. Trey Calvin was their point guard. He played 36 minutes a game, so he pretty much just never left the court. But um, he did play the three all season, so he's capable of doing that. And then it just depends on who you bring in with this last scholarship spot. If it's if it's a guy who can play the two through the four, it seems like it's going to be more of a big man. Um, maybe a five, probably a, a four, but we'll see. But um, I, I like positionless basketball. It, it's it, it's it's sorry, it's tough with college because. To win in March, it's pretty much proven you need a, a good, a solid point guard. You don't need a star. I mean, you look at Kansas was Dwan Harris. He's not a star. Uh, Remy Martin played as some. He was inconsistent, but he was good. But you need a solid point guard. And we just have to see if that's Bruce Thornton as he gets. He's going to have a lot of experience in November and December because they play the Gavit games, the AC Big Ten Challenge. They play North Carolina. They play the Maui Invite. So these young guys are going to get some serious exposure real fast, which is good because come February, March, they're going to need these guys. Like I said, Bruce Thornton's going to play probably 30 minutes a game. I don't think that's crazy to say, and I think he's good enough to do it. We just have to see. Also, yeah, are, they, I mean, are they? This is completely off topic, so I'll, I'll keep it quick. But are they guaranteed to play Butler in the Cavit games at this point? If that's not already set, like that man, feels like that feels like an obvious that. My gosh, that would—that's going to be an absolute, <laughs> it's like treasure trove of content I'm right there. Staying off Twitter for the three weeks leading up to that one. Oh boy, there's going to be just an <laughs> infinite. That's just going to be an infinite pot of articles that you could write. And they so might, they might have these. They might have these games set up beforehand. I don't know how they do the Gavit Games matchups, but just saying if they haven't already set them i mean that feels like an obvious one but sorry what were you gonna say about what i said they're gonna pull strings and they're definitely gonna make that happen oh my (laughs) goodness um and then it'd also be like what would be what would be more i think i know the answer to this but like both situations would be very would be absolutely delicious like do you make thad mata go back and coach at ohio state against ohio state in front of the ohio state fans which would be that would be a that would be a doozy. I don't even know what the adjective that I could use for that would be. Or do you make Chris Holtman go back to Indianapolis and coach against Butler, Butler at Hinkle? Yeah. And potentially have, you know, I mean, imagine what the response would be if 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 Ohio State went to Butler and lost to Butler at Butler, Holtman loses to Mata. I think I know like, the answer only because I think they flip it every year. And because Ohio State went to Xavier last year, I think the Gavit Games has to be at Ohio State this year. Be in Columbus, I think it has to be. Like, yeah, I think they, I honestly, they switch. I think year. I would prefer. I, I think I would prefer to see because because Holtman's already coached against Butler once. Yeah, um, since coming to Ohio State, lost they, to Butler in they, overtime. Yeah, they, in blew the, a, they blew a lead <laughs> in the PK. Whatever you yeah. call it, those are sweet. Those are really cool. I miss that. I mean, it was a um, special thing, but still. I think Thad coming back to Ohio State would be, man, that would be crazy because Thad doesn't. Thad already had his like his like 
they they like hang hung his name up in the rafters like the the year after he left Ohio State. He's already had like his moment, so he won't want it. Thad won't want it to be like a big to do about him coming back. He'll be like, you know, we got a game to win. We're here to yeah. He's going to do the basketball the, the coach stuff. Yeah, that'd be um, interesting. Not to get off. I got off his off topic, but it just that popped yeah, my head okay. when I thought about the Gavin games, and I was like, oh fuck, they're going to play Butler. <laughs> they're definitely going to play Butler. Um, I don't even know where we. Oh, positionless basketball. I was talking about yeah, Texas, positionless basketball Texas, and how I think this Texas could look like. Texas Tech had Kevin McCuller, who I think right. said today that he's transferring. He was their point guard. He's not even a guard, barely. Yeah, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech didn't even really – they didn't even really use a point guard. They just basically – Texas Tech was like, we're going to start five guys who are all between like 6'5 and 6'8, and they all can handle the basketball if we need them to. But we're more interested because they're all just really good basketball players, and we'll, we'll just figure it out. Um, my concern is – Ohio State was really bad rebounding last year, like really bad rebounding. And yeah. you lost you lost EJ Odell, who I believe was their leading rebounder, and That's you're adding and you're adding a couple guards and Holden and McNeil, and you're adding a freshman Akpara, uh Bryce Sensabaugh, who's gonna be probably a really good rebounder, but he won't be a starter. Like you're not replacing the rebounding. You're just losing a really good rebounder. So if they start like Justice suing Tanner Holden let's say Bruce Thornton um, and Sean McNeil next to Zed Key, I feel like that's an even worse rebounding team than last year. And therefore they really, they really need to get some kind of power forward slash center with that last spot and start and and start that player. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think will happen. I think they're going to add a four. It'd be great if it's Jones from DePaul because he's a stud. He had six games with 10 or more rebounds. He had a triple double, like, He's just a skilled player, and I think that's the, line, the lineup you're going to see is on on the first day. And again, this is obviously hypothetical; it's April. But is Bruce Thornton, Tanner Holden, Justice Suing, insert transfer four here, um, and then Zed Key. An interesting person to look at if they're going to add the portal is McCuller because he has that exact experience we're talking about, and he's a forward technically. He's like six seven, so he, he'll probably play the two or the three or the four. Uh, he or the one, like you said, at Texas Tech, there was times he played the one. So he's a very interesting guy. He just entered the portal yesterday. So uh, the problem is there's a lot of guys like we're in the second wave kind of a transfer portal, guys. So all these guys still have to take like visits and stuff. You probably won't hear about them for a little bit of time. So just yeah, take that into consideration. If you're expecting to hear about the next the last guy next week, I I, I wouldn't count on that one. Yeah, exactly. Like, if any of these dudes that just hit the transfer Russell portal, in what mid June last year? Yeah, maybe even later. Yeah, it was really late. Um, but any any of those players that recently went into the transfer portal, like they're not going to announce anything too soon. Unfortunately, our Baylor Shireman dream is dead. Well, mine at least. I don't know if you shared it, but my Baylor Shireman adding this, he is literally the perfect person to add to any team, which is why is ba- every is Baylor on his list. No, no, okay. it's, it's like, well, it's Kansas because he was a Kansas fan growing up. He put Nebraska and Creighton on there because he said he always wanted to play in state. I covered him when I was in Omaha. He's a stud. I, I was confused as to why he was going to South Dakota State. Um, but he was he played at a very very small school and that was in Nebraska which is a small state so like that's why but uh, he's just an absolute star he averaged 19 he averaged 16 8 and 5 and shot 47% from 3 on 5 uh, five attempts a game that's un that's unreal 
Like, oh, God, he would. The fall. teams that want him, the teams that he's, he's the most, he's truly the most coveted transfer portal of Canada of all time. Like, every single good team reached out to him. Dude, shout out to Nebraska, who's in his top <laughs> no. 10. I mean, he, again, he is a Nebraska kid. So, Nebraska, Creighton, Arkansas, Clemson, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Texas. Yeah, and weird Mississippi Wake State Forest. thrown in there. And weird Wake Forest thrown in there. But, you know, maybe he likes their colors or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal player. But I think he'll stay in the draft, so I don't think it's going to matter. But regardless. Yeah, we McCuller might too. We keep getting on, we keep going off on these separate tangents. Whatever. Fuck it. We only go to every once every two weeks. Yeah, um, it's all relevant. Well, Brandon yeah, Sharma is not because he didn't list Ohio State. But. I, I just – I I did not think that getting Sean McNeil – um, made any sense? Like I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not a basketball coach. They're definitely maybe I'm. I said maybe I'm playing checkers and they're playing chess. But to me, when they had two scholarships left, I, we all thought it was pretty clear. It's like, all right, they're going to get one of these older. They're going to get one of these older point guards for sure, and then they'll have Bruce Thornton kind of play behind the older point guard, and they're going to get a four to start next to Justice Suing, and then they're like, Sean McNeil has committed to Ohio State, and I mean he's a fine player, but I was just like. What like what's the point? Because in my mind, I don't know if you can start Holden, Suing, and McNeil all at the same time because you're giving up a lot of size by doing that. So it, that and did I don't not think they're going to. Me. I do think McNeil will come off the bench and play 20, 25 minutes off the bench, which is fine. I don't think you need to add all starters through the portal. And and you know, kind of what people are responding is, you know, maybe Bruce Thornton plays. 20 to 25 minutes a game and when he's off the floor you have either holden or suing or maybe even mcneil handling the ball so that way you know thornton is still your main point guard but at times you may have other guys who are are doing it which is probably what's going to happen at this point because because their last addition is going to be a big guy not a guard and i think the wild card here and i've been saying this for a while is roddy gale because he's not built like a point guard, but he can handle the ball. That's pretty clear if you watch him. I mean, his sophomore season, he had 28 and 10. No, 28 and 9. That's in nine rebounds, not assists, but like those were his averages. So, like, this dude is just a hooper. Um, so, I'm very excited to see what he can bring off the bench. He's, he's probably, I think, the only, the only one that's even remotely might start is Thornton. And I think Thornton at this point is probably guaranteed to start because uh, you do need to start a point guard. But, I think Gale will probably be the outside of maybe McNeil, the first guy off the bench, uh, maybe Eugene Brown. Which is, Eugene Brown's really interesting because he is technically going from a starter to a bench guy here. Like I don't really see a scenario where Eugene Brown starts. I guess unless they don't add anybody else, he might start the two. But I'd still kind of want McNeil to start there, so I don't know. But I like adding McNeil because I think this team needs some shooting. I don't think this is a shooting team. Um, I don't know many of the freshmen. I don't know how good they are straight shooters outside of Bowen Hardman, who's pretty much guaranteed to be redshirted. Um, so in Holden and suing are kind of more mid range, create your own shot, get to the free throw line. Tanner Holden got to the free throw line last year, like the third most of anybody in the country. Um, so there's that too, which is something suing is really good at. So they're kind of the same player. Yeah. And Holman Holtman did talk to us a little bit today about, specifically Tanner Holden and his role going forward. So we can talk about that. In a the minute. one thing Go I do want to say real conference. we can move on from like Sean McNeil. I just want to say this and I tweeted it. If you, and it's fine if you don't watch West Virginia, obviously most people don't. He is not Justin Arns. 
just because he's white does not. That's the only reason people are saying he's like Justin Orange. It, ha- it has to be because if you watch their games, they're completely different. I'll say this. He's kind of what Ohio State fans wanted Justin Orange to turn into. He just didn't. <laughs> Justin Orange made one two-pointer last year as a layup. A nice layup, but a layup. Shawmy Neal had 77 two-pointers. He, he's a tough dude who can get his own shot. He's a shooter, yes, but he is a more versatile player. He played defense for Bobby Huggins, so you know he's tough, and you know he can play defense. He wasn't their best defender, but he's a decent defender. Like He's not just, just stop with that. He's trying to be a better defender, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like He, he, he took and made more two-point attempts than three-point attempts. So if people yeah. think that he's just a right-handed Justin Arns, Justin Arns took like three two-point attempts last year. Sean McNeil attempted um, 169, you know, layups slash, you know, mid-range. Like he's not a kind of the guy that's going to sit on the three-point line. And if the shot's not there from three, he's just, you know, not going to get involved. That's not his game at all. That's that. That is not why I didn't was not excited about it. I think no, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you. I just saw I, just I saw a couple that, orange 2.0 kind of things on Twitter. Yeah, that's because they don't watch. You know, they just have not watched. They they probably watch Ohio State, and that's yeah. all they watch. And that's um, fine. But just you know, don't. I just don't know the people that are like. I think this was Twitter in a nutshell. Just my opinion of Twitter as a whole. I saw a guy whose his Twitter bio was basketball savant, and he was like, "Oh, we got another Justin Orange." It's like, how the hell are you going to call yourself a basketball savant and you have no idea how this dude plays ball? Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's, that's Twitter. They literally, he literally played Ohio State two years ago. You and literally, hooped. no, he didn't hoop in that I, game. My bad. I he think he had like six points. Yeah, like six, he yeah. played. <laughs> he, that boy was hooping yeah. six points. No, on I like was thinking shots. of uh, the last NCAA tournament game he played. He had 23 points on seven threes. <laughs> that's hooping against, against Syracuse, too. So I guess if you're gonna score against Syracuse, it's yeah, from the three point line. But he's, he's a fine player, and he's only got one year eligible. He's a fun story too, because <clears throat> excuse me, story. he played a year at he played a year of a community like at a community college, Sinclair, which if anybody's listening is from the Dayton area knows exactly where Sinclair Community College is. He averaged 30 points a game at Sinclair. <laughs> was the he, he was the net, hooped. <laughs> he he literally went to, to a community college <laughs> and scored 30 points a game and was the national like D, was like the national JUCO player of the year <laughs> at, like my man just was taking community college classes and just like clowning on just clowning on a bunch of bums and then 30 a game got offer from West Virginia and then obviously was good enough to make a jump from JUCO to the Big 12 cuz he scored like 12 points a game at West Virginia and then you know, now he's going to finish his career at Ohio State, which he'll only play one year, which will open up a, a spot for another 2023 player, which oh, might I think be, we'll, we'll learn about Rayvon Griffith here soon. That's true. I, th- I think it'll probably be one of the forwards they end up getting, not a guard. But I, I, hope, it's Scott, I hope it's Scotty Middleton. I know. I, I want I want one of the Columbus guys, though. I'll take any of them, to be honest. They're be all upset. really, I, really good. I wouldn't be upset with any. Um, okay, hold, so hold on. Let, we should talk about this before we move on to um, the draft and stuff. Coaching staff today, um, I guess when this comes out, it would be yesterday at the Malachi Brandon press conference. Um, Chris Holtman told us that by the end of the week, the, the coaching staff should be filled out. Um, Jack Owens is, is official. Um, Mike Nettie is not, but he has been traveling with them to like all the recruiting visits and stuff. So it seems like he is their third assistant coach, which means that he should be finalized by the end of the week. 
Uh, and then the interesting thing was, and this could be speculation, CJ Walker was also at Malachi Branham's press conference. Um, and Greg Oden is gone, so there's like an empty spot there for a GA potentially. What would you think about CJ Walker joining the staff, hypothetically? I love point guards as coaches. That's just the kind of a thing of mine. They're you know they're the floor general. They're they're the leaders on the floor when they're there. So uh, they just kind of make sense as coaches. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this before we started. He does have a he yeah, he started his career overseas, but you know maybe that's not for everybody. Who knows? He could come back and, and coach. Um, but as a as a I mean as a player, CJ Walker was was great for Ohio State. I'd never understood people that criticized him. I, that was wild to me. I thought he did a great job when he was on the floor for Ohio State. I thought he was exactly what they needed. Um, and he was always a smart – he's a smart player. He's a very smart player, very high IQ guy, which I don't like when people say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd be completely okay with it. Big C.J. Walker guy over here. Always – yeah, and, I mean, we talked to we talked to Joe Gemma last week. I mean, he said, you know, C.J. Walker <laughs> – always always focused on the task at hand like he said like i forget what example he used he was like we'd be playing like bowling green or somebody and we would be up by like 10 in the second half and cj walker would just be like have fire in his eyes and angry that they're only up by 10 on bowling green like i think that cj walker would be an awesome awesome basketball coach like i think that he could if he joined as like a ga i could see him becoming like a an assistant coach either at ohio state or somewhere else within like three or four years because he's that smart of a player. Yeah, there's a lot of Andrew Dockage vibes without the shitty dad. Yeah, Dan Dockage, you blocked me on Twitter. What blo- oh, you got blocked? I'm trying to get blocked. But Dan, Dan Dockage, come on the pod. Dan Dockage, don't come on the pod. Um, <laughs> Andrew Dockage, for sure. Love Andrew Dockage. Dan Dockage blocked me years and years and years ago. Um, other things that we got from Holtman at the press conference today, which Justin, you were not there. You were not boots on the ground like me. So this might be news I'm, to you. I'm never boots on the ground folks. Justin doesn't own any boots. Um, other things that <laughs> Holtman said, <laughs> um, he said he loves Tanner Hol- Holden's versatility, um, which we kind of knew that like Ohio state and Holtman, they, they love these guys that can play like two, three, four. They expect him to be more of a perimeter shooter in this offense than he was at Wright state. Um, he didn't shoot a ton of threes at Wright State. I believe he was like maybe a 33 or 34% three-point shooter at Wright State. They expect that to be a bigger part of his game here and for him to be better at that Ohio State. Um, he said that they know they have known that Malachi was gone since probably February, and they have been recruiting for this year and moving forward, assuming that he would not be on the roster moving forward. He cited um, he the said, Indiana game, right? As like, yes, he said that like, he texted gone. Gene Smith after the Indiana game, which was an overtime game in Columbus. He texted Gene Smith after the game and said, I think we need to plan for Malachi not to be here next year. <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be a good feeling as a coach, you know, like you worked him up to, to be this kind of player, but it's also gotta be a shitty feeling like, damn, we definitely thought we we're going to have him for a little longer, but he's gone. That was really funny too. In the press conference, they asked Malachi, um, um, I think it might have been Griffin Strom from 11 Warriors asked Malachi, like, when you got to Ohio State, were you thinking, like, um, I'm going to play here for four years or, like, I'm going to try to get here one year, play well and get out? And he, he literally said, I-, I was not thinking about four years of college. Absolutely not. And then Holtman went, what? Good to know now. Glad well, I know yeah. that now. And I don't think anybody <laughs> saw him as a four. That is that is funny. I don't think anybody saw him as a four-year guy. I mean, he was a top 35 recruit. I saw him as a two-year guy. 
but it was um, just funny for a kid to be so blunt about like he's oh, really no, honest like, he's super honest which i love he's like hell no i was I, he's like i knew i was gonna be out of here in a year or two yeah um <laughs> that's i gotta love the confidence too because that, that takes a lot of confidence State, to say that ohio State. he said that uh they have a few young guards he didn't name any specifically but we know who they are he said we have a few young guards that will be expected to step in and play significant minutes right away so that'd be roddy gale and bruce thornton so as we talked about uh, yeah there's not going to be training wheels on the bike. Like these kids are, I shouldn't say kids. They're, you know, young men. These guys are going to be playing legitimate, important minutes right off the rip because they're going to need it. Um, and then, which is, which is also good. Cause that's how you keep guys out of the transfer portal. Let's be honest. That's true. And then he pushed back a little bit on the idea that there could be some kind of like growing pains or a slow start because of having, having so many young players, kind of the, you know, do you think that this year is going to be a little more difficult, a little more trying because you have more young players? Um, and he pretty much just said, no, you know, we're expecting these young guys to come in here and compete right away. Um, then he said, ask me again in a couple months, you know, once these guys have been on campus and you can kind of see how this group works together. So, you know, you've had people on Twitter that are saying like, oh, you know, this team with all these young players, they're going to be a borderline tournament team or they're going to be an NIT team. And he that's kind of what he pushed off against was no, like our expectation will still be to make the tournament to win the big 10. Yeah. I don't, I, and I've been kind of tooting this horn the entire time and maybe I'm just overly optimistic. I don't know. I also thought, um, I, I don't understand the concept that Ohio state's just immediately going to suck next year. I don't get it. I think if they add like a David Jones from DePaul, again, I'm, I'm tooting a top 15 team in the country horn. Like and also and this is what I've been thinking about a lot. I'll keep this short because we need to get to the draft. But Big Ten's not going to be good next year. Like people understand that, right? Like the Big Ten, every single top eight team is losing more than they've gained. Nobody from the Big Ten has hit the transfer portal hard at all. Michigan is starting to come out as like the winner here because it seems like they're getting Terrence Shannon, a lot of Amani Bates smoke, which would be kind of crazy. And also, they just all their guys are coming back. Which, well, we think all their guys are coming back. Hunter Dickinson's coming back, and then possibly Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate. We'll see about them. But so Michigan's starting to look like the the leader here. But it's also you, like you look at Purdue. Purdue's lost everybody except Zach Eady, and they've gained nobody. Wisconsin lost Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. Um, had a weird thing. I was mute. I was muted. Um. And they have one recruit coming in, and they've hit one guy in the transfer portal who's going to be a backup point guard to Chuck Yepburn. Like, Rutgers, losing everybody. Uh, Michigan State, they're losing a lot, and all they have coming back so far is Joey Hauser. They haven't hit the transfer portal hard at all. Julius Marble's gone. Like, I, I don't understand. Illinois is losing everybody. And Coleman Hawkins just implied he's leaving today. So I don't. he said he wants to be at Illinois, but he doesn't really know. It's weird. It's a weird thing to say. But, like, they're – like, I, I don't – they easily Ohio State has the second best recruiting class coming into the Big Ten because Indiana just added I forget his name he's five star so they jumped Ohio State a little bit, um, and I think they've hit the top two transfers so far in the conference. So I don't really understand this concept of like, oh they're just immediately going to suck. I think they're a top three team in the Big Ten as it stands right now. Obviously things can change with the transfer portal and stuff, but like the Big Ten as a whole not looking too hot next year. I don't know if Penn State if might be enough. sneaky good, but that's it. I don't Record know if there's enough information yet for me to like confidently say that Ohio State's top this or top that in the Big Ten. But well, that's why I said I as of right now. Yeah, I mean, guys are going to add. Do. Purdue has I no guards that, on their team, so they're going to add. What somebody. they have on the roster right now, 
Um, to me, at, at the at, at the very least, I think that they're like uh, I don't know, like a eight or a nine seed in the NCAA tournament because I think that Justice Suing is going to be a double digit score. I think that Zed Key is going to be a double digit score. I think that Tanner Holden's going to be a double digit score. Not necessarily like twenty points a game, but I mean literally like at least ten points a game. I think that Sean McNeil will probably be able to chip in eight to ten points a game. I think that Bruce Thornton is going to be. I really do think that Bruce Thornton is going to be a double digit scorer. I don't know if he'll be Malachi Branham and start going crazy, but I I really do think that he'll be a legitimate contributor to this team as a freshman. Um, like I think they have enough talent there to at least make the NCAA tournament. And Chris Holtman hasn't failed to make the tournament yet. So what really what makes you think that this is going to be the year? that they're not even going to be good enough to find a way into the tournament. There was a year, I forget who really was around Caleb Wesson, but there was a year when other than Caleb Wesson, Ohio state was like, yeah, their second best player was Luther Muhammad. That was 2019 year. And they, again, they made the tournament and they won a game. They beat a good Iowa state team in that tournament. I don't get this concept. This team's going to suck. That team was it, was that, was Keyshawn Woods in that team? Yes, he was. He they they beat Iowa State because of Keyshawn Woods. He had like twenty. It was in that like game. Caleb Wesson, Keyshawn Woods, Luther Muhammad. Like that team was not good, and they made the tournament still. So, so like, what makes you think that with that team, they made the tournament and and won a game? What makes you think with the talent they have on this year's roster, they can't at least make the tournament? I think that's where I stand. I don't know if I'm I'm gonna toot the horn too much, but I think that it's at least. I think it's at least a tournament team. And that's also assuming that Tanner Holden or Justice Suing um, don't have really, really good years. I'm kind of assuming that Justice Suing will be like a 10 to 12 point score and that Holden will also be like a 12 to 14 point per game score. But either of those guys could be much better than that, potentially. And that's also assuming, now this is more like tinfoil hat, that if we have a fully healthy Seth Towns, what if what if he contributes eight to ten points a game? What if he forces himself into like the six or seven spot in the rotation and he becomes like an eight to ten point score per game? I know that's that's kind of crazy. That's kind of out there, but I don't think it's that out there. I don't think it is because he's coming back again. I, if he wasn't planning on playing again, injuries like I could walk outside tomorrow going to Target get by a bus. Like injuries happen and you can't predict them. But I think he's feeling healthy enough right now to say I'm going to play next year like like I'm good to go. By the way, the starting lineup for that 2019 tournament game team was Caleb Wesson, Andre Wesson, Musa Jallo, uh, CJ CJ Jackson, and Keyshawn Woods. And off the bench was Kyle Young, Dwayne Washington, and Luther Muhammad. Like that's just that's not that good of a team. I'm sorry. Um, Probably. Yeah, Luther Muhammad, ob- objectively, objectively not a good college. He did not end up being a good college basketball player. Like I'm sorry, he just he did not end up playing well at Ohio State. He did not play well at Arizona State. He was not great. Loved Andre Wesson. Loved yeah, Andre, Andre Wesson, Wesson doesn't get enough. But in this game, he was one for seven. So. In hindsight, but in hindsight, <laughs> if you're a team that is like, you Bro, look at the he played Big Ten thirty nine minutes. <laughs> right. You look at the Big Ten champions of the past several years, and you want to tell me that like an Andre Wesson would crack the lineup in any of those teams? Absolutely not. Like yeah, it's different. That, Andre Wesson should not have been playing 39 minutes a game, but they had to. And this is uh, in, in the tournament. This is the first round of the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, Andre I, I think this might team could draft, be pretty good. Might even draft him in like five minutes. We'll see. Um, Whew, that would be wild. 
<laughs> or like Amadeo Della Valley. Um, and like all that's assuming too, like we don't even know who their last roster spot will be. That's also, I'm assuming that's a, assuming they don't add another good player. I think that they're a tournament team, but like you said, if they add that guy from DePaul, like that, that makes them, I think clearly a tournament team. It just depends. What Very clearly. Like, yeah. And like I said, the big 10 is interesting because right now, like every team has lost more than they've gained. And, um, except probably Michigan, except probably Michigan. Depending on what Houston decides to do, so we'll oh, see. Minnesota picked up uh, Minnesota picked uh, Dawson, up the, yeah they picked Dawson, up Dawson Garcia, Garcia from he's a Minnesota North Carolina. Yeah. They could make they could make in a tournament potentially. I don't know. You heard Penn, it here first. Penn State also is returning Jalen Pickett, and who's the guard they just added? They just they added another really good guard, so Penn State will be decent. And also Maryland today just added Jameer Young from Charlotte, who's a pretty big um, transfer portal guy. So Maryland again adding they love to add their transfer portal guards. But they're losing everybody. Dante Scott's gone. Eric Ellis gone. Fats Russell's gone. Thank God. If Fats Russell was just that guy, you could tell every time he played Ohio State, he was going to light him up. I don't care how long he was there, he was going to light him up every time he played him. So I think, I think Ohio to State's going to be. And I, I also think that even if Ohio State goes 10 and 10 in Big Ten play, I think they're going to be so much fun to watch because, like, they have some very, very fun players on the team. Even if they are gonna, even if they're really frustrating to watch, does that make sense? Even if they're really frustrating to watch, they're gonna be a lot of fun. Like Bruce Thornton is probably going to frustrate people with bad decisions sometimes, but he's also gonna make some plays that are going to just make. I mean, your, yeah, your he'll probably have out. some freshman moments, but time. But I think he's going to be a guy that people look at and go, "Oh, damn, he's he's good." Right, Bryce Sensabaugh, legit, like legit. Legit could play the one through five if needed. Like, Sensabaugh is pretty incredible. When they signed him, when we talked about this, he was a three-star out of the top 150. Now he is the highest-ranked player on this on this in this recruiting class. Yeah, I think he's in the 40s now. Like he's 42. Like like he is. And he he looks a lot like they they are going to try to make him be a similar player to EJ Liddell, but. I mean, we'll see how that how that works, but like he legitimately like is considered a guard in some recruiting websites. But the dude is like six six and like two hundred and twenty five pounds as going to be a freshman. Like he legitimately could step down low and play center in an emergency. I don't expect that to ever happen, but like he's a big boy. But he also has guard skills, so like he's going to be so fun to watch even if he is frustrating sometimes bruce thornton is going to be the same way it's going to be so fun roddy gale is more of a two like a a, a swing two three kind of guy i he's think so explosive but he's so crazy 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 athletic like he's going to be fun to watch i think that tanner holden is going to be fun to watch like even if the team is uh is mid as the kids say um which i don't think there's gonna be, be. I'm, there's I'm, gonna I'm be so many now. players on this team that are going to be they're going to be so much fun to watch. So I'm ex- I'm I'm very excited. I'm I think very people are also excited. forgetting only because sometimes I even forget about Kalen Etzler because I think he he's put on some weight since he got to Columbus. He was a pretty highly regarded recruit in his own right. Obviously Malachi Branham took the shine in that class, but you know he redshirted last year. He's worked on his game. He is that kind of stretch for Ohio State's looking for. I think he's going to provide some really solid minutes for them next year. Oh, a legacy which never hurts. Kind of, yeah, kind of overlooked him. He is, you know, he's 6'5", 220, and sorry, not 6'5", 6'8". He's 6'8". not 6'5". <laughs> um, I was looking at his height and weight from 24-7, and it originally had him at 6'8", 195, but he's put on 15 pounds. So he's 6'8", 210. Yeah. Um, 
we'll, we'll see. Do you want to jump into this this draft that we have? Yeah, the one thing I'll say it? just before that is Rayvon Griffith is committing Saturday, correct? May 1st. I don't know what day that is. I think that's that might be Sunday. That's Sunday. So he's down to Cincinnati, UCLA, Kansas, Alabama, and Ohio State. Nobody seems to know where he's leaning, so just tune in for that. I think he could go to any of those five schools. So no information here. <laughs> Does he have any crystal balls anywhere? No. And Jardy said he isn't sure he's coming to Ohio State, but he isn't sure he isn't. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. but <laughs> Nothing on 24-7. Uh, what about rivals? If rivals have anything on him? Someone did tell me, though, today on Twitter that Ohio State will never get a recruit from Kansas or Duke. So if they do get Rayvon Griffith, that would be really funny. Just to immediately, immediately do it. <laughs> um, so, there is a, a – let's see here. I'm looking at rivals right now to see if – because 24-7 had nothing for him. Um, let's see here. Commitment forecast. Um, it looks like they have one to go to Cincinnati. That's all that's on rivals right now. I mean, and that's where he's from, so – um, yeah, we'll see. It would hurt to lose him to Kansas though, because Scotty Middleton is also a big recruit for them in 2023, who I do think will go to Kansas because he's plays at Sunrise Christian, which is a Kansas school. And his teammate this year was Grady Dick. I'm not making that up. Who is going, who is Kansas number one recruit this year. So they were teammates. So I do think they'll lose Middleton to Kansas. So it kind of sucked to lose two guys to Kansas this Sorry, let's, let's get Dalen Swain. Let's get Dalen Swain from from Afrocentric. And That's also, Devin Royal is starting to really blow up. Michigan State put the full court press on him too. They sent every assistant and Tom Izzo to his house, and Wisconsin just offered him. So, Devin Royal, Wisconsin offered, up. Michigan State offered. I think Michigan Missouri State sent offered. everybody to his house, just like Ohio Missouri State did. offered yesterday. Yeah, he's blowing up. So, if they could get any of those guys, this I might be more excited about the 2023 class than the 2022. Shout out to Austin Parks. For getting in the ESPN top 100, that's awesome. And George Washington's like top 25, so doing well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, what we got here? So we're doing six players each, so one per position. And then like a utility player of any position. Yeah, yeah, we'll go point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, and then one kind of just like utility, just bent, like six man, basically. All right, one second here. Also, sure while you think about that, the one thing I do want to say is this whole point guard situation, it doesn't have to be figured out really because they can just kind of – George Washington is coming in next year. A backcourt of George Washington and Bruce Thornton is perfectly fine. So they kind of only have to make this little gap for this one year. So that's why I think they're okay with it. It's just saying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's also part of the reason that Michi Johnson left. Correct. If we're being honest. Yeah. And like, shout out to Michi Johnson. South Carolina is a great fit. Great coach. An Ohio guy is South Carolina's coach, Lamont Paris. He's from uh, – oh, God, where is he from? Um, he's from Ohio. Co- I, I don't know. 
Shit. Let me hold up. Let me do that real quick. He's he's an he Ohio looks, guy. He looks good. Looks good in red. I'm glad Michi's still wearing red. He does look good in red. Yeah. So do you want? I don't know how we should do. I didn't think about first picks. Do you just want the first pick? I thought we were looking up where Lamont Paris is from first. He's from Finley. Sorry. Um, oh. And he okay. was Chad. He was Chad Nuga's coach. So that's where he got the. Did plus he go to Finley like high school or college? Uh, he went to Wooster High School. Wooster, oh, so Col- Wooster College, Wooster College. He was assistant there, assistant at Akron, assistant at Wisconsin. Chattanooga's head coach for five years, and now he just took over South Carolina from Frank Martin. Then why did you was, say he was from Finley? He's from Finley. He from, he's from Finley, Ohio. Oh, so he went to high school in Finley. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he went to okay. Wooster College. Sorry. Oh, Trojans stand up. Um, yeah, so we'll do – you can go first with the pick because oh, this is your idea. That's true. Um, that was my idea. Good call. All right, well, I'll go first. first. I got to take the big guy. I got to go Greg Oden. I've never seen – again, we are doing this from 2000, and I've never seen somebody as dominant as Greg Oden. All right. So then I'm going Evan Turner. Yeah, I mean, those were the two. (laughs) What do you consider Evan Turner? A a three, I guess? I consider him a two. Okay, so he's he's your shooting guard. Okay. Yes. I think I know why you're doing that too. All right, so my next see this is where it's tough. <laughs> I want to go. This is this is to the point of where I stop planning. Yeah, this is where it's hard because <laughs> this is where positions gets hard, right? Because I like I know who I want, but I don't want to take him out to make the best team. I don't think taking him would make sense. So I'll go just because I think it's the least. I don't want to say successful, but like least best position they have? I don't know. I'm going to go Katie Bates-Diop at the small forward position. All right. I got center and a small forward. (laughs) So you got center and a small forward. Let me add that. So I got KBD. Um, Okay, well then I'll take Mike Conley. Yeah, okay. See that? See, that's what... Yeah, okay. So you got Conley. So you have who? Conley and Turner? Yep. I have... I should have done a little more planning. I have KBD and Odin. But we're going to um, end up forgetting some really good oh, players. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we just like don't draft like Deshaun Thomas or something. Um, I'll go point guard and I'll go D'Angelo Russell. That's why this stuff like Aaron Kraft won't go now. You know what I mean? That's, but there's been a lot of good point guards. So Unless you want to take him in your utility spot. True, true. D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> so you got KBD, D'Angelo Russell, Greg Odin. I have Mike Conley. Um, all right, let's see here. Um, oh, you know what? Okay. Oh man. Let's see here. This one is really tough. They've had some good players. <sighs> I wanted to take Scooney Penn, but he played in 1999. Ha. Um, I was wondering, what, what, Michael Red play? Is he a 2000 guy? Uh, yeah, I didn't even look that up beforehand. I'd have to look that up. I feel like he's not that old. I feel like he I probably he was, is. I think he was drafted in 2002. Michael Red was drafted in 2000. So he so is I he think, is eligible. So he's eligible. He is eligible. Um, let's think here. Let's think here. I will go. Hmm. Think back on some of these teams. Let me think back on. Man, let's think here. I mean, we it, pretty much. The funny part about this scoop. is like you could make like you could just take like the 2008 team, you know trying to think here because we pretty much we scooped all the low-hanging fruit off early well we did um, but all but one person and i'm wondering if you pick him here um i don't know why you wouldn't but 
it doesn't seem like it seems like you're forgetting somebody fairly obvious. Give me a second here. Give me a second here. And I might, um, take, I might take him next if you don't. All right. Um, I I think that technically he would count as a power forward. So I'll take Sullinger. Oh, man, I thought you were going to take him. And I was going to take him as a power forward. Sullinger and Owen would be sick. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I thought you forgot about Sullinger. Um, that's what I was referring to. Okay. So you okay. have so you have Sully. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll make it easy. I'll go Michael Wright at the two. Russell Michael Wright is a dummy good backcourt. Also, and I forgot to say this, NBA, this is not reduced to any NBA status at all. This is strictly how they were at Ohio State. All right, let me think about Obviously, think since about, we took Greg Oden first. <laughs> yeah, correct. His illustrious NBA career. Yes. Um, so you went Greg Oden at center. Um, I only have the four to, to do, to, to get. I'm trying to think if how many good centers Ohio State's had. Not many. Honestly. I was also surprised you didn't just put Sullinger at the center, and you still can, and just because they've had better power forwards. No, it's okay. I already put him at power forward. Um, let's think here. Like the god Amir Williams. I think you know what I'm going to leave center for later because we don't have any good centers. I'm going to do small forward. I'm going to do Jay Sean Tate. I think you're also forgetting one really good center. Um, it's too late. I already took. Well, yeah, I'm not uh, going to take him. So oh, the man, there are a couple centers. That I'm, there's a couple that just pop in my head, but it's all yeah. right. So I'll take Jay Sean Tate at small forward. You're good because I already took a center. So it doesn't benefit you to take one right now. Um, okay. So you have – what do you have to fill? Oh, you have center to fill and I have power forward. Who's your two guard? Oh, Turner, right. Okay. Yep. Who's your three? Jay Sean Tate. No, that's your four. No, no, you're no, right, right. My bad, my bad. Yeah, you just said – okay, yeah. Okay, the four, I'll take Deshaun Thomas then. Okay. So I so my final team is D'Angelo Russell, Michael Red, Kitty Bates Diop, Deshaun Thomas, Greg Oden. And then I need to fill a center. Um and I'll do um There's two that I think are gonna go for. I'm curious which one. Yeah, I'm sure we're probably thinking of the same ones. Um I'll do Costa Kufus. Yeah, Costa. That's Canton's own. I was going to say either Kufus or BJ Mullins. So now you got your five. You did want to do a bench player, so you can take like a wild card any position to throw in there. Yeah, I'll take Aaron Kraft. That's, it was either going to be Kraft, Lighty, or Buford probably, and I'll take Kraft. I wanted to figure out a way to draft John Diebler, but it just – there's no way. <laughs> there's nothing stopping you. No, well, um, winning. But. Let's think here. Who I can take anybody I want. Um I'll do um I'll I'll go recent. I'll I'll do EJ Liddell. EJ Liddell at my utility spot. So the final teams we have you have D'Angelo Russell, Michael Red, Kata Bates Diop, Deshaun Thomas, Greg Oden, and then Aaron Kraft off the bench. And I have Mike Conley, Evan Turner, Jay Sean Tate, Jared Sullinger, Costa Kufus, and EJ Liddell off the bench. We don't have like a you could put a poll or something on Twitter, maybe. I'm gonna do a graphic. That'll... I'm gonna make a graphic up, and then you can vote on it. Well, after the, when this podcast drops, I'll I'll put the graphic up on Twitter, and you can vote on who has the best team. Okay, so we'll do Twitter. Twitter can Twitter can tell us. Don't don't criticize us for our positional uh, our position status. We we did our best. Like Mine's I feel good. like Jared's. <laughs> I feel like Jared Sellinger. Yeah, like on Basketball Reference, Jared Sellinger is 
is is classified as a power forward, not a center. I'd consider him. I'd consider him a four. He had a, he had a jumper. He had a little. He had a little midi game. Not quite as Deshaun Thomas did, but and then Deshaun Tate is classified on Basketball Reference also as a small forward. The more I thought about it, he really plays like a power forward, but he is classified as a small forward on also, Basketball I mean, Reference. He's six well. four. He could be a point guard for all we know. He could so, be a point. Yeah, he's the size works. of a point guard. That's what I mean. He's literally the size of Bruce Thornton. So, um, yeah, perfect. Well, I think those are two good teams. I'm sure we forgot somebody. I I don't think we did. Um, you got Deshaun Thomas in there. I guess the, um, who would you say is the best player that wasn't drafted? Like a William Buford. Maybe. Buford, uh, Diebler literally got drafted to the. He was an NBA draft pick. That's true. Pick That's true. Um, yeah. people forget. Um, did everybody we say? Did everybody say get drafted to the NBA? No. Jayshon Tate did. Jayshon Tate did not get drafted. Everybody else did. Um, Aaron Kraft did not get drafted. Oh, right. I forgot about our utility guys. Um, I guess technically EJ Liddell has not been drafted. He will be. But. Right. He will, though. Um, so, yeah, just Kraft and Jayshon Tate did not get drafted. But, yeah, Diebler was a draft pick. We didn't use him. Um, did BJ Mullins get drafted? Yeah. Hi. Maybe I'll look it up right fast. Um, but yeah, he did get drafted. He was I mean he had a decent NBA career. He went twenty fourth. Um he played for probably I think he played let me look. He played in the NBA officially six years. So it's not tor- that's not terrible. For the Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> Remember them? So he had one good year at Charlotte where he scored ten points a game. Right no, he's definitely a like, bust. Like he definitely be well. I don't know. He went twenty fourth. I guess he was just a, one of those guys that was like because he's one of the highest ranked Ohio State recruits ever. He's like third behind Odin, like Conley or something. Like if you look at two four seven, they rank the highest Ohio State recruits ever, and Greg Odin's number one. BJ Mullins might be number two. So honorable mention: BJ Mullins, John Diebler, um, Mark Titus. Oh, yes, um, of course, Joey Lane, of course. Our good friend Joey Lane, um, Andrew Dockich. Absolutely. Almost. I want to take um, Dockich as my point guard, but I was like, Dockich, Russell. <laughs> Which you honorable mention. <laughs> um, honorable mention, uh, Jaqu- Jaquan Lyle. I, I loved Jaquan Lyle, man. I really, I loved his game. I wish he'd stop like shooting people off the court, but I was a <laughs> huge fan of his game. Did you ever hear the story about him coming back to the shot and getting kicked out? No. <laughs> So do you remember when when Thad left? So the summer, the the summer, the summer when Thad left, um, that that was just Jaquan Lyle's freshman year, and I think he averaged like twelve or thirteen points. He's as a had freshman. A, he had a great freshman year, yeah. Yeah, he looked like a like a twenty nine year old grown man, but he was a freshman. Um, he had a pretty good year, and then he got into some like off court trouble, and basically like Holtman and the staff, I believe they more or less said like. Yeah. We don't want you back because all the stuff that was happening off the court, um, like we're not, we aren't going to welcome Jaquan Lyle back. But Jaquan Lyle would like, when he was still in Columbus, he would like show up to the shot and like walk in and like try to use the courts and stuff, the facilities to like work out and like shoot around. And like he ended up getting kicked out by security because oh. <laughs> they would walk in there and be like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I used to play here. And they're like, well, you don't anymore. And like had to like, escort him out of the building because he would like show up and try to still use the facilities even after like the Mata to Holtman 
transition and after all like the stuff that happened off the court and i'm pretty sure it just got even more messy once he um went to new mexico right yeah he went to new mexico and well and also if for people that don't know um when rick patino was really kind of kicked off kicked out of louisville it was really because there was one instance that um a recruit was provided an escort on campus and i do not mean like a security guard i mean like a lady of the night and um a hooker yeah and that was was jaquan lyle so he's always had kind of uh interesting his past was very interesting let's put it that way congrats on the escort jaquan lyle That'll do it for us today. If you are finding us on the on the uh, land grant website, don't forget to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, fucking Pandora, wherever you get your music and podcasts. Yeah, and uh, if you still get your music and podcast off Pandora, um, probably don't. But you can also follow us on Twitter at Bucketheads LGHL. Uh, that's obviously the podcast account. At Land Grant Thirty Three is Land Grant Holy Land, where you can find all of the obviously podcasts that we do and articles you write obviously this football season's coming up i'm sure we all you know we're basketball people but we also obviously are fans of the football team so uh check it out i was also i was on buck off about two or three weeks ago and talked a little bit of basketball and football so you can catch that there too um and my twitter is justin underscore golba connor where are you you can follow me on Twitter at Lamans underscore Connor. I'm also starting to write now for the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals SB Nation site, which is Viva Albertos. So um, if you follow me on Twitter, just know that it will now be a mix of um, Nolan Arenado propaganda and basketball. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Um, and also shout out to Mark Emmert stepping down. Thank God. Have a great weekend. <laughs>